Welcome to the Food, Peace, Please podcast, co-hosted by Serena Marie, RD, creator of Food Freedom Fit Fam, and Susan Ports, RD, creator of Ag Quality Academy. Our joint mission is to empower women to embrace food freedom. We want women to realize that there's more to life than changing your body and counting your calories, macros, or points. While we are medical professionals, this podcast is informational only and not meant as a substitute for individual medical advice. Now let's get this party started. Hello. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back. So as promised, we are going to start digging more into our stories and sharing with you a little bit about how the heck did we even get interested in intuitive eating and kind of share like what our journey has been like. So today I have the honor of interviewing Serena and sharing with you guys more about her story and we will even get into like some really fun stuff. So you can just learn all the juice about her. <laughs> Are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> oh, so can you just share with us, Serena, how did you become interested in intuitive eating? You know, as I'm kind of hearing this, Susan, I wonder if we should explain what intuitive eating is in case no one, someone who's listening doesn't know. Do you want to kind of talk about like what is intuitive eating? Yeah, I can absolutely do that. So intuitive eating really is like this framework that the way I always explain it is it takes you back to inside. Like, so it takes you back into what works best for your body. We spend a lot of time in our culture with all these external like rules and guidance like that you get from like what we call like diet culture and dieting Mm -hmm. and intuitive eating helps you take your power back and teaches you how to turn internally to learn what works best for your individual body because no one body is alike. So what works for me will not work for Serena will not work for you. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, that's really kind of at its core. Of course, there are 10 principles that make up intuitive eating. It is a concept that was developed by Evelyn Triboli and Elise Rush to register dietitians that we are absolutely 100% way proud of. Mm-hmm. Um, and it actually was developed back in like the early 1990s, which um, if you really want to get into age, like was around the time I was born. So wow. <laughs> like it is something that has been around for like th- over 30 years. But the thing is that it's really starting to gain in popularity. And one of the things that I always talk about as well is this just, this isn't something that is like, made up, right? Mm -hmm. Like they have done over 125 research studies on the principles of intuitive eating and shown how it can really benefit people when it comes to mental health and physical health. So we're talking things like blood pressure, cholesterol, and blood sugars. Like there are some really big positive health benefits that come from taking this new approach to food and body. I love that. 
Thank you. So with that being said, how did you learn about intuitive eating and how did how did you kind of come into it as a registered dietitian? Because to give you guys just a little bit of background, this isn't something that we are taught in school. So it, it's not something that we learned in school, most mm-hmm. likely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely did not learn this in school. And that was a I, I knew Susan would have like a really wonderful um reply for describing intuitive eating um, because you're certified in intuitive eating. Um, you're a certified intuitive eating counselor. So Susan has all of the training. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I think I think the most important thing to remember is that this is there is a framework and there's so many studies to support it because I think sometimes people think we just like are like, you know, the the rebels of the nutrition world. And it's like, no, we're still evidence-based guys. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're not um, just eating donuts. Exactly. Yeah. We're, we like donuts, but we're not only eating donuts. Um, so yeah, my my journey to intuitive eating, I, I kind of feel like intuitive eating saved me. And that sounds like so dramatic, but I, you know, got interested in nutrition when I was around 13 years old. And at that time I, you know, had been teased as a little kid for being overweight and, I joined my my high school's cross country team and I got really obsessed with like restricting my food, counting my calories, you know, running a lot um and, you know, kind of basically from the time I was like 13, 14 until I was in my mid 20s was just really struggling with like macro counting, binging, purging, restriction and it was like I mean, I was really trapped. I mean, it was like a good 10 to 12 years of like just hating my body. I was completely consumed with just like trying to get as thin as possible. And all of my self-worth was tied up in how I ate, how clean I ate, how little I ate, how, how much my, you know, how much I weighed. And I I mean, I was, I was so trapped. And whenever I would try and get out of it, I would say, oh, I'm going to start counting macros and I'm going to be eating X calories a day. And that's so many calories. And I know what I'm doing and, you know, using all the fancy equations we learn in dietitian school. And, and, and yeah, like I'd be eating more, but then I would, you know, feel guilty because I ate that donut or what, or that pizza. And that would lead to, binging and purging. And I, and I was really just trapped in that cycle for so long. It's weird because it doesn't even feel like me when I, when I talk about it now. Um, and so that, that was my norm was just like being like secretively binging, secretively purging. You know, everyone thought I was a super healthy person. Um, and if you, if you met me, you'd be like, Serena runs, she eats so many vegetables, she eats so clean, but really my mental health was a mess. I I had really bad self-talk when I look at my journals from this period of my life. I mean, my self-talk was insanely mean. (laughs) Like, I'm like, who is this girl? She is really mean. Um, and so, I mean, it was just a, a lot of really negative feelings, but then, one day, and Susan, this is crazy because I really don't know how this happened. But on Amazon, I, I don't know if I got recommended the book Intuitive Eating, like in my like you know list of recommendations, or like if I heard about it on Instagram. I have no idea, but I just have a really vivid memory of 
Intuitive Eating, the book by Evelyn Triboli and Elise Resch getting delivered to my office in the hospital. And I like opened up the package and one of my colleagues walked by and she was like, oh, like, have you read that book? And I was like, no, I've never even heard of it. And she's like, yeah, like, I don't really like the ideas in it. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm going to read it anyway. And it changed my life. Like, I finally realized like all of this, you know, negative self-talk was driving all these behaviors that were not healthy and how obsessing over eating clean and eating more vegetables and eating more protein and eating more fiber was actually driving me to binge and purge. And I mean, the book really just like completely changed my life. And with this new frame of mind, with the intuitive eating principles in my in my mind, I was actually able to start implementing sports nutrition, which is so funny because I had all this sports nutrition knowledge. I understood the importance of eating more and eating more carbohydrates and all of this stuff that as a runner, I knew I needed to be doing, but I always felt too guilty to do it. And with the intuitive eating principles that the book had kind of equipped me with, I was finally able to take that nutrition knowledge that I had spent a lot of money and a lot of years learning in two different schools, um, you know, finally able to implement them. So I found intuitive eating because I amazon.com like recommended the book to me. I mean, I I seriously don't I think that's it. Like I think that's how I found the book. I have no idea. I really don't. Isn't it insane how to me like this is like a really good example of how like God, the universe, whatever mm-hmm. it is you believe, like will Put in front of you exactly what you need at the exact time. I I one billion percent believe in that because I had no, I had never heard of this. I have I have no idea what possessed me to click on that link, but the book completely changed everything in my life. Everything. Isn't that just so insane? It's insane. It's um, insane. it's insane. Like, even the fact that my colleague was like, I don't really like that book. And I still was like, well, I'm going to read it. (laughs) Like, you know, I was like, wow, I don't know. It's amazing. Right. You could have taken that comment from a colleague and just let it be like, oh, yeah, okay. She said it wasn't very good, so I'm not going to read it. But, like, obviously there was something that was drawing you to it Mm -hmm. and it was just like meant to be. Mm -hmm. So I think you've got into a little bit of this, but let's dive in a little bit more of like, how did you come into like running nutrition and getting into that like sports nutrition side of things? Yes. Okay. So clearly now everyone (laughs) knows my history with, with eating disorder and disordered eating, but, and running was something that I truly did start doing from a disordered place. So I was teased as a kid for being overweight and chubby, which I wasn't whatever. That's a whole nother story for another day. But, you know, and and so I started running to lose weight and then it turned out I was pretty good at it. And so then I became this like cross country, um, two mile track runner, you know, in high school. And it became a really big part of my identity. You know, everyone kind of was like Serena's a runner, Serena's a strong runner. And I did it, you know, club sport at Cornell in college. And just even after I graduated, like just was something I continued doing half marathons, marathons. And you know, I think it's funny because definitely part of why I was doing it was disordered. It was to shrink my body. But even now, here I am years later healed. And it's still something that I just genuinely love. So it's it's my it's my meditation. It's my place of prayer. It's my alone time. It, it, it really is just something that 
fills me up. And I, and I do enjoy the challenge of racing, you know, even, even now while I'm at peace with my body, I'm not doing this from a place of trying to change my body. Just running is so important to me. And so, so I really relate to women who a lot of women, I think, share my story where they come to running because they want to lose weight. Why are you running? Oh, because I'm trying to lose X pounds. And then they realize as they're doing it, how empowering it is, how there's so much community in the running community. And it's incredible to have a community behind you, how it's really cool to celebrate that your body can become stronger and fitter. And then it becomes this hard, this hard line to cross from this place of I use running to restrict and change my body to I use running to become more powerful and stronger. And and I was able to cross that line, right? Like I said, when I finally believed in the principles of intuitive eating and I had that permission and that peace of mind with food, I was able to start implementing sports nutrition practices. So when you read the literature for sports nutrition, they're not telling you to, you know, micromanage your carb intake and to, you know, eat perfectly clean. They're encouraging you to eat more fuel and to time your carbohydrates correctly. And when I was finally able to to do that with the permission given to me by intuitive eating, um, not only did you know, my, my performance improved, but that aside, I just felt so good because I was now eating well, my mood had kind of stabilized. And I was so proud of like all that I had accomplished in this journey. So, so I kind of realized over the years from working with clients that it's really important to make peace with food before you're able to really successfully, you know, implement food freedom principles or intuitive eating principles. And so my, you know, my journey now, my mission in life is to take women who like me started running to lose weight and kind of are approaching it from this, how can I get as thin as possible? How can I restrict so I can get faster or what have not? And to really shift their focus into realizing that running and eating are both a part of you empowering yourself and fueling to become the best version of yourself. Yeah, I, that was that was so good because it, there are so many things that you just like hit on there that I know as we dig more and more into this podcast that we're going to talk more about. But one of the things that, well, there's a couple of things. The one thing that I want to point out and maybe we can just like talk a little bit about is like this shifting your mindset into like you can run for other reasons Mm -hmm. besides wanting to change your body and you can train for like a marathon or a half marathon or a 5k whatever have like whatever like floats your Mm -hmm. boat gets you excited Mm -hmm. like you can train for those things and it Like it, like that fits within this intuitive eating paradigm, right? Like Mm -hmm. we're not like saying like you can't do those things. I think, I think that's so interesting you said that because I guess I don't think about that a lot because this is the space of intuitive I'm eating I'm in is we all are working out and training, but I can totally see how the same way intuitive eating gets this rep that all we do is eat donuts and ice cream. And, you know, I can totally see us also getting that rep of, you can't train or be an intense athlete or be a serious athlete because, you know, you're an intuitive eater. And no, like that's absolutely, you know, it's all about, all intuitive eating is when we really like boil it down to like the root of what it is, is what makes you 
feel fantastic in your body. And if for me it's running, then intuitive eating wants me to run. If for you it's yoga, then intuitive eating wants you to do yoga. And and that's really what the root of intuitive eating is, is what fills up your cup? What makes you feel good in your body? And so for me and for people that are like me, it's it's training, it's running, and that's okay. There's place for us in intuitive eating. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. And it's not like it, it's not making these decisions because other people or other outside influences are telling you that that's what you should be doing, right? Mm, like, yes, it, it's it's making it because, like, in your like heart of hearts, like that's what feels good for you. Yes, that's. Perfect. Exactly. It's I'm not doing it because my fitness pal is driving me to do it or somebody else is driving me or telling me I'm not good enough until I do it. I do it because it makes me happy. It puts a smile on my face. And that's my my only motivation. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's exactly if you aren't in that place right now, if you're like listening to this and it's like speaking to you because you aren't in that place where you are having like that healthy relationship with food in your body so that you can do like the movement that you enjoy, like just know that that's okay. Like, but also know that like you can get there, right? Like you can change that. And I think one of the biggest things that I always like get questions about around this, and maybe you can share a little bit from your experience that like, like how long do you think it takes to kind of like work through some of these deeper things and get into a place where you start to feel better about food in your body? So I feel like it is so varied. Um, I think people can make a lot of progress in three to six months. You know, I, I think there's a lot of hope if you decide today, if you're listening to us and you're like, guys, I am completely not there yet. Um, holy moly, but that sounds amazing. I think you, there's a lot of hope that in three to six months, you can do a lot of work and feel so much better. But in terms of like being so confident that you're, you know, in the place where Susan and I are. I think it can take years and I think it takes, I think like what we were saying in a different episode where it's not only about making peace with the food and finding food freedom. It's really about now taking all that energy and time that you had spent on dieting and being obsessed with changing your body and taking that energy and time and putting it into something else that fulfills you, right? Like kind of finding a new hobby that isn't dieting and restriction to really start to learn about that part of yourself and growing into that part of yourself and celebrating that part of yourself. And I think that's the part that's going to take time because you have to, you kind of have to learn, well, what do I like? What makes me happy now that I'm not worrying about what, you know, a certain diet program told me to do or what, you know, a certain person told me to do in order to be attractive. What do I want to do? And I think that question can be really hard because for some of you, you might realize, hey, I never liked running. I hated running. I was just doing it to change my body. And and that's okay if you have that aha moment. But now it's like, so what do you want to spend all your time doing? Is it, do you want to write a book? Do you want to travel? Do you want to decorate a house? Whatever. I'm just thinking of random things. But like what, what fills up your cup? And I think, and it's like crazy that that's part of a nutrition practice but that that is it that's that's a huge part of intuitive eating is finding what to do with all this extra energy you have now that is not being put towards dieting so that you are the most fulfilled version of yourself 
Yes. Mm-hmm. That's so good. <laughs> oh, so, so good. Okay. I have one more question for yeah. you. Yeah. So if you could tell the younger version of yourself one thing, what would it be? So I don't know if I would believe myself if I could go back in time. But I think the thing I really needed to understand was my physical appearance was was not ever and will not ever be relevant to me being valuable and happy in this life. And I don't know if I would believe that when I was 15 or 20, but like, right, that's really what had a click for me was how my, my physical appearance is not the end all be all of me being happy and valuable in this world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think, it, you know, that's it, it, an interesting thing when you're like, I don't know that I would believe myself. Because the reality is a lot of times, like the things that you want to tell yourself when you're younger, you're like, it's very true. Like, would you actually believe that? Like your mindset and your values and your beliefs Mm -hmm. were so different then. And like also the thing we're we're playing around here with is your brain is not fully mature till you're 25. So, you know, sure, as adults now, we're able to say, look at look at my values. Like, so clearly having a six-pack is not important. But to that immature brain, I, I don't I don't know. But but that that said, I've worked with young ladies, like I've worked with women who are in their upper teens or their young 20s, and they they did click with food freedom and they're, you know, I'm still friends with them on Instagram. They're super involved in this movement. So so not to say it's, you know, impossible to do. And and maybe if somebody had talked to me about intuitive eating when I was younger, I, I would have made that swap, that swap, but it, it, it's hard to say, but definitely that's the advice I needed to hear when I was in my younger years for sure. Yeah. And you know what? The thing of it is, is that like everything kind of bringing this back full circle to how like you like intuitive eating the book just showed up on your Amazon <laughs> page and like things just like hit you at the right time and at the time that you need that. And like, I am just a firm, firm believer in that. And I think that it's like just hearing your story, like you guys, like I haven't heard Serena's full story until today. So Mm -hmm. I think one, I want you guys to know, like we're sharing this with, with each other as well, like in creating this like safe space for you to join like our community and feel like when you're listening into this, that you're literally just sitting down to have a cup of coffee with like your two favorite gal pals Mm -hmm. or to go out for a walk and just hang out with us and listen in and learn something new and valuable that will help you become that best version of yourself, which is truly like, that's what we want for all of you. Yeah. And that's what, that's when deep down inside, when you really ask yourself, why am I doing XYZ, it's because you want to be happy and you want to feel at peace. And so sharing my story is really scary for me still. I'm not really in this place where I can just like talk about it freely, but I'll share this with you. Literally on Tuesday, Susan, I had a client, she was graduating. And so we were saying our goodbyes and it was it was a hard one to graduate because she's been working with me for about a year. And she she said to me, thank you, Serena, for sharing with me like your whole story because 
that bravery has helped me to really open up to you. So I'm like kind of shaking over here, but hopefully listening to my story and realizing that there's no shame in the fact that this happens. This is just part of like the way our human brain reacts to the society, the societal norms that, that we're like indoctrinated into. And, um, and yeah, so I hope, I hope that felt empowering. And like Susan said, I'm so excited to build this community with everyone. Yeah. You know, it's really looking at like, that's a part of your story. And, you know, we all have parts of our story that maybe like make you feel a little shameful and Mm. shame. I'd love to have a whole podcast on shame, but but that Mm -hmm. make, that makes you feel shameful, but like it also like created the person that you are today and led you to where you are. So I think remembering for all of us that even though there's parts of your story that just maybe feel like you feel very like shameful about, like, just remember, like, that's part of your journey and bringing you to where you are today. Mm -hmm. Embracing it. Yes. Okay. Let's get to the fun stuff. (laughs) I really brought, I brought the mood down a few notches. Sorry, guys. No, no, (laughs) no. Let's get to the fun stuff. Okay. So... Are you ready? Sarah? I'm ready. I'm ready. This or that? Tell me what you would pick. Okay. 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 Chocolate or vanilla? Gen- chocolate. Cake or cookie? Cookie. Summer or winter? Summer. Apple or Android? Apple. Beach or mountains? Beach. Flowers or chocolate? Chocolate. Nonfiction or fiction? Fiction. Costco or Sam's Club? Costco. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Wine or cocktail? Wine. All right. I love it. When you said Apple or Android, I totally thought Android was a type of fruit. And I was like, I've never eaten that before. And then I was like, oh, wait. The phones. Well, when I was writing these, like, I was coming up with, like, food things first. And I was like, Mm. okay, this cannot be all about food like (laughs) I will always pick chocolate so (laughs) yes full-on chocolate lover here I love it yes chocolate and coffee like that's all I need in life yeah um well okay so I guess before we go here we got to share our whoop whoop moment so do you have a whoop whoop moment of the week I do. So mine is going to be that I got a new coffee mug. Woo! What does it say something cool on it or is it like a pretty design? I have these like fun ones from Oh, um, I love that. Yeah, it says so this one says body type myself, but I also have another one that says anti-diet, not anti-health. Um mm. it's from Another dietitian that does anti-diet marketing stuff. And I'm trying to think of who it is. We will tag her in the show notes. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I love that. Body type myself. That yes. I needed that mug when I was younger. Right? I feel like we all needed that. We all needed that mug. Um, what about you? Oh, my woot moment. My woot moment is going to be I have um, done a little bit more – cooking this week. Um, you know, I'm very big on like using 
like prepackaged like meals to kind of throw together a quick meal um, at the end of the night. But it also always feels really nice to like cook. And I, I really enjoy cooking. So when I make that time for myself, um, it feels really good. So that was something I did yesterday and it put a smile on my face and it was a yummy meal. So cooking, cooking made me happy. Love it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in and we will talk to you next time. I can't wait to learn more about Susan's story. <laughs> it's coming up next. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. If you are a female athlete looking to heal your relationship with your body, head to serenamarierd.com to download my free runner's guide to better body image. And if you're trying to conceive, head over to simplejoyfulnutrition.com to grab your free guide to get started boosting your egg quality.